welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Spirit-filled Word by David Entry. A time to hear God's Word is a time to be visited. May you receive a visitation as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 2 Reading Reading from verse 5 all the way through to verse 15. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the flesh, sorry, established, sorry about that, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the rudiments, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwells, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without, made without hands, in putting of the body of the, the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and, and, the, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Here ends the reading of God's word. Father, what we don't know, teach us. Where we are not, take us. Who we are not, make us. Through the delivery of your word of faith, your word of grace, your word of life, and word of truth. All to the glory of your majestic name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone listening to me right now has, is, is dealing with the issue of cancer. As I was, we were praying, I saw cancer being healed. Amen. I saw cancer. I saw it. I saw cancer being healed. So shall it be for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't forget, Christians, that our God is a healer. If you believe God forgives sins, then you also have to let your believing be complete. You can't believe he's a forgiver of sins and you don't believe he forgive, he, for, he heals sicknesses. Because he says that he who forgives all your iniquities and 
heals all our diseases. Psalm 103. So God forgives our uh, iniquities, not only that, who heals our diseases. So God forgives and he heals. I see the healing power of God, virtue of God, reaching out to somebody in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the text we read, as I explained, Paul's agenda, I will always underscore that point. Paul's agenda was to immunize the church, inoculate the church against infiltration of wrong doctrines that will eclipse Christ. And the problem was that they were not putting Christ aside. They were just adding to Christ. That, that was the problem. And it's a very big problem when you, when you think that it must be Christ plus something to encounter and experience the fullness you can ever get from God. Paul said, Christ plus nothing equals to everything. So that was his main purpose for writing the Colossians to help them to, because at that time they were battling with all kinds of opinions and ideologies that were infiltrating the church, just like today. To the extent that even people who were supposed to be teaching Christ were now beginning to add other things to Christ, like angel worship in those days. They were, you know, it says that what we read last week, beware, lest, verse 8, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, saying that beware lest any man spoil you. See, they are, someone will be teaching you some other things, and it will be spoiling. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy. Philosophy in itself is not bad. But if you now bring philosophy and make it part of what Christ is, that, okay, you need Christ, but you also need philosophy because it's good, then they are beginning to spoil you. So it says that in, in those days, the philosophies they were dealing with was the um, oriental ideologies and philosophies and Jewish, Jewish mysticism and Greek philosophy, Greek mythology. You know, the Greek, Greeks have a lot of philosophy and everything must be intellectualized. So when the Bible says that to the Greeks, it's foolishness, the gospel we preach, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, is verse 18, it says that to the Greeks, verse 23 and verse 18, 23 says that to the Greeks is foolishness. Oh, what is it? Verse 18 says that, uh, some, to, what does verse 18 say? It says that uh, to them that perish is foolishness. That's the, what we are preaching is that, what, what kind of nonsense is that? That someone died on the cross and he saved me from my sins. What about 2,000 years ago? Come on, I'm above that, I'm better than that. So they, they, they rubbish it and make it very stupid because they are so intellectual. But those of you who were in church last Thursday, I thought about how there's no intellectual pathway to God. Yeah. It's, it's, the pathway to God is not based on intellect, intelligence or intel, human intelligence, for the, pardon me, or in purely intellectualism. Does that mean being a believer means you become unintelligent? Oh no, far be from it. Bible says that we have the wisdom of God. We, we have the wisdom of God. In fact, so, uh, sorry, I'm going off a bit, but I'll come back. Is that okay? <laughs> 
So this scripture I just quoted about the foolishness, the preaching of the cross, which is foolishness, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. The next, look at the next, 23, look at the next, the very, very next verse. But unto, uh, unto those of us who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ is the power, not only power, it's also the wisdom of God. So it's not that we are not dealing with wisdom. Then you go to chapter 2, then in chapter 2, he begins to say that when I came to you, I did not come to you with the enticing words of man's wisdom. See, the problem is not general wisdom. That there's a way philosophy, human philosophy outside of God. So he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and in power. Why? So that your faith will not rest. Will not rest on wisdom of men. He kept saying wisdom of, he clarified the wisdom, or he made sure that he's I'm talking about the wisdom of men, which is just basic philosophy outside of what God has got to say. Yeah. This, this, this is, this is we, we, we've, we've done research and this is what we have come up with, this is what we think, and this is what we, is it tradition and all that. So he said that, so your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men. What sounds wise and right in the eyes of men does not necessarily mean it's right in the sight of God. But there are times that people can make you build your faith. For instance, that there's the teaching on love for everybody, which is not wrong in itself. But it can be so overemphasized that Jesus is now pushed to the corner and it's all about love for humanity, love for animals, and love for creation. <laughs> and it, it can... There are some Christians, that's the, the essence of their Christian life is about love of creation. Love of whatever God has created. It's about love. It's about love. And there are some writers say, what's love got to do, got to do with <laughs> You know, but the love that most times are being projected is based on human philosophy. So now, Paul says that your faith rests the scripture says that so that your faith will rest, watch this, on the, uh, not uh, on the wisdom of, of men, but on the power of God. Then look at the very next verse, the next two, three verses. He says that how be it? We actually speak wisdom. It's not like what we say is stupid. We, so we are not dismissing wisdom. So how be it? We speak wisdom among those who are perfect. So when you come to church, they'll begin to teach you other things that you realize, it doesn't start from just common sense. It starts from spiritual enlightenment. It starts from a changed heart. Then when you come in, then we give, based on that changed heart, we can communicate the wisdom of God. Let me tell you, a, a, a born again man who is married and a, born again, a non born again man who is married, they can all be good people. But I'm telling you, the one who is building his marriage based on the word of God will go far. It doesn't matter how nice the other one is. There are things in life that human wisdom cannot handle. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. There are things in life that human wisdom cannot handle. Sometime ago, somebody's wife really frustrated him and he has had enough. He wanted to walk away. Walk out. He said, I can't take this anymore. Sometime ago. And the person said, I can't take this anymore. But pastor, whatever you say, I will, I will obey. Whatever. What else can I say? months, the guy comes to me and thanking me for, I didn't tell him my 
personal opinion because I can't operate with my own. I have to, we all have to submit to this thing because my feelings will be also different. <laughs> might be, might be different. But we all have to submit to the authority of God's word. Months later, this gentleman calls me and he's besides himself. The, the, in fact, their marriage is now the, 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 the most romantic, the best. It's so nice. It's so nice. You look at her, you actually wonder, am I actually doing my marriage properly? But this someone who's at the brick of walking away. But obey the word of God. And so it's not like we don't have wisdom. God does not have wisdom. They they, they make it look like when you have faith, you don't have reason. <laughs> it's they, they don't understand faith. That because they are skewed, they are warped, they are they are are one-sided. They don't understand the dealings of faith. So they assume that the fact that you sit in church, you are not actually thinking. (laughs) There are are many top professionals in church and many more unemployed people out there who are not nothing. And they still think they are wiser than the ones in church. Because the fact that someone is sitting in church means that it's, it's stupid. Satan has really deceived you. It says, how be it we speak what? Wisdom. And he said, yet not the wisdom of this world, not of the, of, of the prince of this world. That comes to a knot. It doesn't take you anywhere. The worldly wisdom, okay, let's do this. Oh, many of the things that people are celebrating now, it's important, it's important, it's important we are, it doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't lead anywhere. It has a dead end. It's a cool design. It's just, just going, going. You think there's a road by running. How many of you have tried to do traffic before and then you get into a cul de sac? It happens to me quite a few times because I don't like traffic. <laughs> All right, but so it, it, coming back to what I'm saying, someone can spoil you with philosophy. Philosophy is good, tradition of men is not bad, but when you are working with Christ, you have to be careful that tradition does not get ahead of Christ. The tradition doesn't hurt. So it, it, uh, uh, it says that, we read it last week, uh, Mark, it says that, oh, okay, Matthew chapter 15, rather verse 6, said, you make now oh, the word of God of none effect by your traditions. That's a very serious thing. You have, uh, that's, you have made the commandments of God of none effect by your tradition. So Paul said, lest anyone will be, it's a nice thing they are sharing with you, but it's a bad tradition. It's spoiling you, and it's not building you according to Christ. Someone say, after Christ. Because Christ is everything. Christ is the center of it all. As I mentioned last week, in Colossians 1.27, it says, Christ in you. This whole thing is about Christ. In Colossians chapter so we just saw in the verse 6 that it said, if you are not, look at the verse 6. Verse 6 says that, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus. Right now. So is this thing is Christ. When you look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, that their hearts being comforted, being knitted together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of the of understanding. I think the, I prefer the English standard version. The English standard version, it says that uh, um, the to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. 
See, this whole thing is Christ. Christ is the center of it all. It is about Christ. And when you look at the verse 17, the same chapter, chapter 2, verse 17, it says that, which, verse 16 talk about, don't be deceived by, don't be distracted by uh, traditions and um, ceremonies and well, Sabbath day and all that. He said, they are all a shadow. Look at that, verse 17. They are all a shadow of things to come, but the, the body is of Christ. This whole thing is of Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life? Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. Um, Christ is all. So this, you can tell, he keeps making the emphasis that this thing is Christ, this thing is Christ. Hey, please, it's nothing else but Christ. It's not about our church. It's about Christ. It's not about souls. It's about Christ. It's not about people's liberation. It's about Christ. It's not about people's comfort. It's about. It's not about our go, uh, our world, saving the world. It's about Christ. It's not about social justice. It's about Christ. It's not about, about prosperity. It's about Christ. It's not about some. I need to say this. It's not about marriage. It's about Christ. It's not about religion. It's about Christ. For someone to come and tell me, all religions are the same. So we are religion, religion, that's religious. No, please, I'm not doing religion. I'm doing Christ. I am doing Christ. So that is what makes genuine Christianity very different from any other religion. Because genuine Christianity is really about Christ. Actually, you can safely take it out of the realm of religion. We are fundamentally different from every other religion. Many religions, is like you have to behave well to be saved. In Christianity, it says, come to Christ. It's a big difference. That's why a, a criminal, a murderer, a thief on the cross could be saved hours before he died. He didn't have to come down from the cross. He didn't have to do anything. All he had to do is put his faith in Christ and say it. All, that's all he did. He didn't give anybody money. He didn't repair the things he has the things he has stolen, which he has saved. He has hidden for his girlfriend to go and use. He didn't go. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't confess it. <laughs> he didn't confess anything. He just confessed Christ, and he was saved. So is this Christianity? This is what is it about? Oh yes. <laughs> That's what the Christianity is about. The Christianity is Christ. Is a Christ in you. That's all. Amen. So be careful lest anyone spoil you through um, philosophy, through vain deceit, after the, uh, after the tradition of men, after the basic elements of this world. It sounds okay, but it's just basic elements of this world. And not the problem is, it's not after Christ. It's spoiling you. Then he goes on to talk about this is uh, this is this is ah I've been waiting to get to this one. Let's help me do this. Let's read the verse nine together from the screen because verse nine is so sweet. Is that okay? Let's go. <laughs> Let's read it one more time, please. For in him, this is a serious statement. Who is the him? English Standard Version, American Standard Version, New American. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, is trying to tell, dwells bodily. 
That's, uh, let's go to New American Standard Version. For in him all the fullness of deity, and the deity is capital D, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. I like the bodily form. When you look at the, let's, how does the NIV put it? The NIV, say, the NIV says that for in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. Dwells. Now what is he talking about? Now, before Christ was incarnated, I don't want to use the word before he was born. Because really, God was never born. So today's reading, if you remember, he made a statement to his disciples. He said, I came from the Father, and I'm going to the Father. So he just didn't, we didn't come from anywhere, we were just born. <laughs> he said, I came from the Father, and I am come into the world. Again, I leave the world, and I go to the Father. So before he came from the Father, what was his name? Because it was when the angel said, when he's, he, you shall give birth to a, a, a boy, a son, and you shall name him Emmanuel, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and then he shall call his name Jesus, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. So they shall call his name Jesus. So that's his name. So before he was born, he wasn't called Jesus. <laughs> that's why Romans chapter 1, verse 4 says that, um, the gospel of God, the uh, gospel of his son, the, uh, the, uh, sorry, verse 3, I'm sorry, verse 3, the gospel concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, then watch this, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh. So, according human, you see, in human terms, he, beca he became the great, 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 great grandson of David. But obviously, David cannot give birth to God, cannot father God. So God cannot be fathered. But when you are talking about humanity, you are not real human if you don't have a mother or a father. You are not a real human if we can't trace your genealogy. That's why the Bible starts with, the New Testament starts with a clear trace of the genealogy of Jesus all the way to Abraham. And all these people who were mentioned were historic figures, who human beings who actually lived. And Jesus Christ came from their roots. All right, so he, he came so not their roots. Jesus was their root, but they were, yeah, they were the roots of Jesus. And Jesus was their root. Jesus was their fruit of, yeah, he was their fruit and their roots. Very interesting. He was their fruit and their roots. So Jesus was the fruit of David and the root of Jesse. Yeah, in Revelation chapter 16, verse, uh, 22, verse 16, it says that I, Jesus, have sent, the, my, I, the, sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the church. I am the root and the offspring. I sprang off, but yet I am his root. This, this, is, this, this, uh, yeah, this poses a problem. So now the point I'm making is that what was his name before he was born? He is the eternal word. In the beginning was the word. Then it, verse 12 says that the word became flesh. Then they call him Jesus when he became flesh. So now when you're talking about Jesus, Jesus is actually the son of David. Because Jesus, you're talking about a human being. 100% human being. And yet, from Colossians chapter, one, chapter 2 verse 9, we realize that he wasn't just a 100% human being. This 100% human being was containing 100% God. He didn't say part of God. He said, in, so you see that word bodily, that word bodily, in the, the 
uh, I think the New American Standard Version, the way it puts it, can, in, in, in bodily form. So in other words, John chapter 4, verse 24 says, God, says, God is a spirit. How can you see a spirit? You can't see a spirit. You took a picture of a spirit, you took a selfie. No, you can't see a spirit. That's why you can't tell me I saw the Holy Spirit. Anybody who tells you he saw the Holy Spirit has seen a demon. <laughs> the Holy Spirit can never be seen. You can feel the effect of the spirit. It says that in John chapter 1, sorry, chapter 3, from verse 10, 11, it says that this, the, the wind blows where it listed. I like the key. It says where it listed. <laughs> verse, well, verse 8, it says, the wind blows where it listed. That's a very interesting Shakespearean English. It listed. Where it listed. Let's go to something better than this listed. <laughs> So listed mean wishes. So sometimes when you're wishing somebody happy birthday, you can say, I list you. <laughs> the wind blows where it wishes, and you can hear the sound of it, and cannot, but cannot tell where it's coming from and where it's going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. When the Spirit is having an impact on somebody, you just see the effect. You, but you can't, you can't trace the source. You can't take a picture of the spirit. So if God is a spirit, then no one can see God, and you can't see God. So if you, you only experience the attributes of God. And the Bible says that, yet in Christ dwells all the fullness of deity. The fullness, not part, part of it, the fullness. The fullness of God. In fact, uh, uh, King James said, the Godhead dwells in him bodily. Godhead means all the, the deity of God. God the Father, God. Anytime you see the word Godhead, this is what it means. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The totality of God. So when he was in eternity, Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was God. So he and God, the, the, the Bible says the, the word was God. All right. So this eternal word, who is God, who is the totality of God, becomes flesh and wraps totality of God in humanity and gives God a physical form. A physical form and a visible form. And the, the, the beauty of it is that it's visible, but you can't see God in him. So he says that if you don't believe me for what I say, let my works tell you that who I am. Because his works were pointing. That is why he could forgive someone of sins. He was just trying to tell them that I am God. I'm, I'm just God. Because they said, who, Mark chapter 2 verse 5. He said, look at the man, and he says that, son, your sins be forgiven. Then the scribes and the, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees started having a problem because this is, this is a serious theological error. It's not right. How can a man who is claiming to be a teacher tell another man your sins are forgiven? So they were thinking, who, why does this man, why, why is this guy doing all these things? Who can forgive sins? Now you are taking this thing too far. And him, they didn't say it to this. They were reasoning this in themselves. And him knowing they are, what they are reasoning, asked them which one is easier. <laughs> he asked them which one is easier, to tell someone your sins are forgiven or tell someone, rise up and walk. Because if I say sins are forgiven, I can't validate it. Yeah. But if I say rise up and walk and it doesn't work, it's going to be a problem. But I said the easier one. Yeah. 
Now I'm going to say the harder one. So that you will know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive. Now, that is why he said the difficult one. He said, I'm saying it so you will know that me, I have the power on earth to forgive sins. That means that I am God on earth. That's what he's saying. I am God on earth. He's, then he turned to the, the man, the paralytic, and he said, get up, take up your mouth and just go. And he got up in their presence and they were all oh, glory. Oh God, this, this is too nice. Amazing. Amazing. We have never seen anything like this before. He said, today our eyes have seen strange things. <laughs> Why? It was not, watch this. It was not about the man's sickness. It's about a statement he was making that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the God. And so on earth, he could say, your sins are forgiven. He cannot preach from the God status that your sins are forgiven. And yet, he can suffer from the man's status on the behalf of man. So when you look at him on the cross, it was man who was suffering on the behalf. So no one can say, but you sent a spirit to suffer. No. Because a spirit cannot pay the debt of man. Animals cannot pay the debt of man. Because spirits don't have blood anyway. So that's why he talks about he shed his blood. It's a human beings that we have that have blood now. Animals also have blood, but their blood is lower than our own. I hope you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you know that. Uh, I know. I know some of you prefer your cat to human beings, or prefer your dog to human beings. <laughs> but human beings are valuable, more valuable than even a, a prison is more valuable than an elephant, or more valuable than a lion. A human life is sacred. Well, so he, he, he was so human and yet fullness of deity was dwelling in him. No, do, you, do you understand why he says that great is the mystery of godliness? This thing is great. You're trying to wrap your mind around it. To understand God, you're trying to wrap your mind around it. Meanwhile, even you yourself, you have not finished understanding you. <laughs> I don't know if you still sometimes you, can't, you don't understand yourself. Why, why, why you just can't get emotional at the wrong time? Why you say some things you shouldn't say? You vowed I will never say this thing. You vowed I will never go here. You vowed I will never do it again. You vowed I will never touch this again. You vowed I will never watch this thing again. You vowed that I will never kiss her again. But you did it! <laughs> yes, you vowed that this guy I don't like him. I will never kiss him. I can't Rather, you held his head. <laughs> hey! Human frailty. It's, 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 it's. That's why you're very careful. You have to give all your pointy fingers at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for all you may know, you have much more issues. But you know, I think we enjoy talking about people's weaknesses. It makes them look good. Yeah. Actually, feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they work in BBC or in government, we just enjoy talking about it. We just, we just, we found it. Meanwhile, we are doing worse things. So. Some of us have worse things. That, that's human nature. So, you look at Jesus. See, see, let me tell you something. This is the beauty of Jesus Christ. Number one, Bible said, great, first Timothy chapter, chapter one, verse, chapter three, sorry, verse 15. 16, great is the, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh. Let's all say that bit together. God, God was manifested in the flesh. Yeah, I mean, that's one. Let's all say it together. Let's go. God was manifested in the flesh. 
No, it's not a trick thing. No. Don't be afraid to say it. You are reading the word of God, not for me, for your soul. Let's read it together. Let's go. God was manifesting the flesh. Louder. God was manifesting the flesh. For the last time. God was manifesting the flesh. That is the basis of Christianity. It's a serious thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a serious thing. That's what makes us very far and very far and completely different from Islam. Come, come from Jehovah's Witness. They have a Bible, but the Bible doesn't contain this truth. A, a, a man cannot save man. It's only God who can save man from God. Can I say that again? Yes, sir. How can a police officer, because I'm a policeman, I'm going to Guantanamo Bay to go and release the prisoner because I'm a police officer. <laughs> you even get close. They will dig. Or go to Russia and say, I'm going to overtake Putin, I overthrow Putin. Because me, I'm a police officer in UK. I've been trained. I, have, I know how to fire a gun. You won't get there because you are dealing with higher powers. Yes. Higher powers. Now, what am I? What do I mean? God can, man cannot save you from God. Man cannot deliver man from God. No way. Wow. When you have a case, God has a case with you. Another man says that, I'll, I'll, don't leave it with me. I'll sort God out. <laughs> now, do you understand why the, the teachers, the lawyers, the top guys said, who can forgive sins? How can you tell someone you are sorting God out on your behalf? So, man cannot save man from God. God cannot save man from God. Neither can angels save man from God, because angels are not stronger than God. The only one who can save man from God is God himself. So that's why God himself had to come down. And he says, I'm going to meet my own standards. Because God has a demand. It's called the law of God. God's demands are the way we should behave, the way we should go about things. God, you want to relate with me? He said, these are my demands. But we couldn't meet it because it's way above our standard. It's like you are a professor in maths. And your son who, the, uh, year, uh, year five or year six, the teacher said he's done very well in maths. So suddenly your son thinks he can begin to teach you maths. Yeah. Said, Dad, bring me some of the questions you can solve. I'll solve for you. Powerful. And okay, Dad said, okay, you let me just take it lower for first year maths. Solve it. And you can't solve it. So Dad himself has to come and solve the questions. Yeah. So God places demand on us. He knew we can't meet the demands, and yet he gave us the demands just to make us shut up. <laughs> that you can't get anywhere. That's why the Bible says the law was given so all, all mouth will be silenced, will be stopped, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 19. And then verse 20 says that, uh, 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 20 Romans chapter 5 said that the sin may abound. They gave you the law so that actually you can look more, you can look, let me use the word, badder. <laughs> Can use you can look more terrible in the sight of you are in the sight of God, he knows who you are by your eyes. In your eyes, when you now want to come to God because you think you are so good, and then you see God's God's standard, you realize how bad you are. That's why I say, Oh wretched man that I am. Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? So then God gave us the law or his standard. The law is the standard of God. He is the only one who can meet the standard of God. So when people, when humanity comes to our wit's end, based on the attempting to fulfill the law of God, like that man who came to Jesus, 
in Mark chapter 10, 16 downwards, Matthew chapter 19, 16 downwards, so Luke chapter 18, 16 downwards. He said, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, do what does the commandment say? That shall not, verse 19, that shall not steal, that shall not kill, that shall not murder, honor your father and mother. And the man said, I've done these things for my youth. And yet, I, don't, I know I don't have eternal life. Because you can't keep the law to the perfect level where you can have secure eternal life. So now, God gives his standard. We can't meet his standard. And then God comes. So um, Romans chapter 7, again, I like talking about Romans chapter 7 because it's important to understand. Romans chapter 7, verse 24 says that, Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? And they said, Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, so that my, in, through my mind I serve the Spirit. By the Spirit I serve the law of the Spirit. But then when you go down this chapter 8, verse 1, there's now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? For the, verse, verse 2 says that, for the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. But verse 3 is a very interesting one. I keep quoting it. For what the law could not do. Why? Because it was weak through the flesh. Through humanity, you can't fulfill the standards of God. But God who did? Said God sending his son in the likeness of sinful sorry. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sins. Condemned sin. So what the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh, God sent his son to do it. How does the New King James put it? The New King James, uh, in the weak through the flesh, God did. Let's all say God did. God did. What the law couldn't do, why couldn't the law do it? Because when the law meets the flesh, mm. it's too weak. It, it, can, it can't please God. Mm, mm, mm. It can't please God. How many of us have tried pleasing God before you realize you made a mistake? Yes. You, you, you actually, you, 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 <laughs> yes, that's a very interesting. How many of you have been sad before trying to please God and you've disappointed yourself so bad? Big time, big time. Yeah. There are people sitting here. What happened to you last night? Hey. Oh. <laughs> it has made you very sad yeah. because you thought you are now a serious Christian. <laughs> so you can't even say, oh, yes. <laughs> it's a nice thing to be a Christian. You can't even say it because, because of how you've, how you feel you've let yourself down. You've let God down. And Satan likes it. He likes you to feel guilty. He's using your guilt against you. When you are a genuine Christian and you stumble or you break God's law, just rise up. Don't lie that. Rise up and know I have forgiveness in Christ and start going. Satan will keep reminding you, but how about what you did? Ignore him. Yeah. He said there's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God is not relating to you based on the law. He said, for what, therefore, what the commandment, uh, what the law could not do, that it was weak to the flesh. God did. Let's all say God did. God did. What did God do? What the law could not do. God gave the law, and who did the law? God gave the law, and who did the law? God did. So, when Jesus was on earth, what was he doing? Because if he came to die, why didn't he allow, why didn't God allow Herod to kill him when he was a child? God, every dead be dead, isn't it? <laughs> he, he would have died on that beer. No! 
He had to live the full spectrum of human life. So in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says that he was tempted. He's a high priest. We don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of But he was tempted at all points. That word, the, the key word for now is, uh, but was in all points. All points. All points. Point A was tempted. Point. Some of us are just a few points. But he has been tempted in all. So whatever you are being tempted by, Jesus said, I've been tempted by it, and he has gotten the take. So just leave yourself, put yourself in Christ, and God has seen that you have already ticked it. You already ticked it. So I want to, what I want you to understand is that Christ came to live a human life so that he can meet all the legal requirements to please God. Because no human being can please God in themselves. Because at some point, you break the law of God. So Jesus is the only one. That's why he says that he was tempted at all points. But that was not the end of the story. Yet, 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 unlike us, he was without sin. Yet, unlike us, he was without sin. He is the only sinless one who has ever lived and who will ever live. Yes. Unlike us, he was without sin. So he said, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. I like the say that phrase together. Let's go. Oh, come on. God, let me read it again. What, what, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did. Satan, Satan doesn't like to hear you say that at all. Because when you say that, you are covering your own weaknesses. You are putting the strength of your righteousness in Christ, not in your behavior. Satan doesn't like that. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak to the flesh. How did God do it? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Likeness of sinful flesh doesn't mean he was sinful. He was so much like a sinful flesh that you will see him, you will never think that this is fullness of God. He was so much like sinful flesh that there's nothing in the sinful flesh apart from the sin that could not be found in him. The pain in the sinful flesh, the frustrations, the weaknesses, the humanity, Everything human could be found in him apart from sin. So that's why I said he was tempted at all points, just like us. <laughs> it's very interesting the way he said that. He was tempted like, as we are. Just like you, he also went through it. That's why he understands what you're going through. Angels don't. Angels don't. They've never lived a human life. But God does because he's lived a human life. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it talks about this, our high priest. He's also able to save. Said, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. We, okay. So that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest. Hallelujah. A judge, a judge, a court, a judge who is into pornography. When someone is accused and brought to his court for porn, eh? the judge will be very merciful. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that our high priest, he is because he was like, look at that. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like us. It was necessary that Jesus becomes a human being. It was essential for your sake. Because of the way you have been sinning. Thank you, Lord. He's been sent to come and save a sinner like you. You. Thank you, Lord. you. 
and Satan is constantly accusing you that you are useless, you are a hypocrite, you are a liar, you are a thief, and you know Satan has a point. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, thief. That's what some people say to me. I don't want to do church because I'm waiting. When I break up with my boyfriend, then I can do church. When I break up with my girl, please do it now and receive the strength to break up. But some people cannot clap for this like this. But, 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 but please, yeah, please, it's okay, it's okay. If the guy is going to leave, you go anyway. So get ready. I'm just preparing you ahead of time. Many guys leave. Many guys you spend a lot of romantic, heavy time with, they don't stay. Just, just to let you know. Because they've got you free without commitment. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you big buffet and you tell people, come and eat. How many of you are coming there? If they don't make any payment, if they don't show up, it doesn't cost them. Because anything you have not paid for, you don't struggle to lose it. I know you didn't want me to say that, but I've just told you. You're about to lose them. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You won't lose them. I think you should. I don't know. <laughs> so, he had to be made like us in all things. That's very important as well. He was tempted at every point, all points. And so he had to be made like us in all things, in all things, so that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for what? The sins of the people. people. He's going to speak for us on the behalf of sinners. He better know what it means to be a sinner, what it means to be in the flesh. Because it's being in the flesh that makes us a sinner. He also came and put on this flesh. The word became flesh. He put on flesh. But when he was wearing flesh, he was still God wearing flesh. Hey, hallelujah. God was wearing flesh. God was wearing flesh. God had tailor-made shoes for him. A body that has prepared for me. Hallelujah. And he was walking and people thought he was one of us. Yes, he was. But in one sense. But on another hand, he wasn't one of us. He was one of us so he could save us. He could be merciful towards us. He wasn't one of us so that he can be high, his blood can be high enough to save us. So, Bible says that as you saw Jesus walking, in him dwelt the, the that word, the fullness, the completeness of the Godhead, the word bodily means physically. Physically. So he, when you see, that's why he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. When you see him go, you have seen God move. You want to know how God works? Look at Jesus. If, if Jesus works like this, that means that's how God works. Watch this. Let's go back to the foundational text. Bible says that, where lest anyone spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the, root, the tra- rudiments of this world, tradition of this world, rudiments of, tradition of men after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. In four, next verse. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. <laughs> Pastor, I thought this is exciting enough. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so? Yes. Because when you were in verse 8, it was so nice to know that people can spoil you mm-hmm. and not after Christ. Then he said, the Christ in, in Christ, eh, the fullness of, wow, that's big news, it's exciting. 
Then I realized that the next verse is even more getting more exciting. Do you want to see what is there? He said, and you, good God, and you are complete in him. If you are not in him, you are not complete. You are not complete. Now, people are making them feel it's not enough to just go to church. It's not enough to just be in Christ. It's not enough to just be a Christian. You have to be more, you have to be, you know, multi, multi, multi. You know, you have to be. <laughs> and one of the things you have to understand is we keep coining new ways to, to express our human desires. Mm-hmm. More words are coming. Yeah. More words. And it depends on the generations and words become key words. So nobody wants to be told it's a bigot. Yeah. Because bigotry is, ah, no, no, no. Mm. So it's, it's not so much about whether you're a bigot. Not, like, no one wants to be told you are racist. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you are Caucasian. Yeah. Uh, usually black people don't care if you tell you. <laughs> it doesn't intimidate them. But many Caucasians, white people, it really gets to them. Because it's in the society we live, when they tell you you are racist, it's like you are a certain strange, bad human being. Maybe Osama Bin Laden is even better. Mm. <laughs> So, so no one wants, so these are, but in those days, if it does, I can't be bothered. But now these things are becoming very sensitive. And then very soon we have some different words, you know, like different words being coined and depending on the, the mindset and the direction of society. Yeah. And so if you are not careful, sometimes, now, just what you are doing in Christ is not enough. You have to prove. So, so I have to do extra in my preaching to prove to you that I'm not a racist. I'm not racist. I have to prove to you by saying things that are not even scripture. That's just social. That's just traditional. Saying things that people want to hear so they will know that, oh, you are trending. You are, you are very, you know, you are very open. You are very sensitive. You are very, so, it's, it, maybe it's not even got anything to do with my assignment. So then he says, that, listen, you are complete in Christ. What is more important is that you are found in him. You can be in church and not in Christ. Oh, how many of you know that? A lot. I mean, I thought my story is a classic one. Many years ago, about 34, 35 years ago, I was in church morning, evening, morning, evening, every morning, 6 a.m., every evening, 6 p.m., every morning, 6 a.m. Every, I'm talking about every morning, not like certain days. Every morning of the week, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then when it's midday, I will still go and ring the bell. So I, I was making a journey to church 21 times. And then going into practicing, being in church services 14 times every week. And yet, if I had died, I would have gone straight to hell because I was in church but I wasn't in Christ. So when people say, I've done church, I've been in church, please, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, I even believe in God. It still doesn't mean anything. You can believe in God and go to hell. You can believe in God, as I said the other time. No, I didn't say, the Bible says, James chapter 2, it said, demons also believe. <laughs> and they, are, they take it to another level. <laughs> 
So the fact that someone is saying that, you know, I'm not an atheist. Being, not being an atheist doesn't mean anything. Not being an atheist doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't have saving values, virtues. That's what I mean when it comes to salvation. Believing that Jesus is the son of God, he's the Christ, the Messiah, he died on the cross for my sins. That is what brings salvation. That's the entry point of salvation. And what, as soon as you believe that, you know what happens, you are now in Christ. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30 said, we are in him. As soon as you believe that, said, but of him are ye in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. We are in Christ. So as soon as you believe that, you are in Christ. And he says that, for you are complete in him. That's a very important thing. Can I say to you somebody, my, 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 my brother or my sister who is not yet married, marriage is not what makes you complete. You are complete in Christ. Your job is not what makes you complete. You are complete in Christ. Your children are not what makes you complete. You are complete in Christ. Your financial status is not what makes you complete. You are complete. See, this is the Christian message. And when you really find, it's not okay. It's not something just to be told. It's something to experience. It becomes your reality. It doesn't mean that when I'm in Christ now, all the monies in the world is mine. But what it means is that everything in Christ is mine. Everything. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead, and I am in Christ. So what it means is that, you see, the righteous life Christ lived. I told you, he could have died when he was born because he came to die. But why didn't he die? Why didn't he die? Because he came to live a certain life for us. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, verse 9 talks about how we are reconciled. Verse 9, much more being justified by his blood. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. Actually, 10 talks about reconciliation. Being just, no, verse 9, please. Verse 9. Being justified by his blood, we shall be saved through, uh, from the wrath through him. So God has wrath. Okay, from wrath. God has wrath. God is always angry. <laughs> what did you say? Yes, God is always angry. I said, God is always angry. So every time, God is always angry. At the same time, God is always happy. Every time, God is smiling. And at the same time, God is always merciful. Every time, he's merciful. At the same time, God is always forgiven. At the, at the same time, God is always righteous in judgment. And at the same time, God will always punish sin. Bible says, he will by no means by God will by no means spare the guilty. <laughs> In Exodus chapter 17, I think so. God will by no means, chapter 34 rather, God will by no means clear the guilty. You are guilty and God says that it's okay, it's okay. Today I, I'm, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Today I'm in a good mood, so no problem. No! God will never do that. So then, why did he clear the gift? Eh? <laughs> amnesty. That God, God never gives amnesty. <laughs> no. So, all right. Pastor, I see you are, you are conflicting yourself. Why did Jesus on the cross tell somebody, uh, you'll be with me in paradise? But that's a guilty person. Yes, because that, how about the other one? The other one was on his way to hell. 
It's also both of them. He was telling just the one who put his faith in Jesus. So as soon as he put his faith in Jesus, you know what happened? Look at verse 10 of Romans chapter 5. Verse 10 of Romans chapter 5 says that if we have been justified by his... Romans chapter 5, verse 10, please. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his, the death of his son. The death, when Jesus was on the cross, it was a big thing. The, the center of the universe was what happened on the cross. It was a big thing. He, we were really reconciled. The dying of Christ was us being reconciled to God. Why? Because God can, we can't be reconciled to God because he will never spare the guilty. He will never, he has to punish the guilty. He has to vent his anger on the guilty. And Jesus Christ had to become like us. So on the cross, he didn't die his death. He was dying the death of the guilty. Hallelujah. He died on the cross to, to pay for our sins. So the wrath of God was executed, was downloaded on him on the cross on your behalf. So he said, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it for uh, Loretta. I'll take it for him. I'll for her. I'll take it. I'll take it. And then they gave it to him and said, Ali, Ali, why have you forsaken me? He forsook the sin on the cross. So, whilst he was on the cross, through his death, we were being now reconciled because what the barrier between man and God was the sin, and he took away the sin. So, he was being, so that's why on the cross, he could look at someone and say that, today you shall be with me in paradise, as long as you put your faith in me. Why? Because he was paying for the man's sins. Ah. It is not your good behavior that takes you to heaven. It's being in Christ that takes you to heaven. Is being in Christ. So, 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 what happened is that Christ absorbs all our sins, all the wrath of God. So, Romans chapter 5, verse 10. I like Romans chapter 5, verse 10. He said, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. What, what, what life? The life he lived. Watch this important. The life, the human life Christ lived, he, he obeyed the law to the, to the max. He obeyed God, he pleased God, and he accrued this righteous equity. That's why he had to live that life. And then when he lived the life, his, his, his um, um, testimonial, all right, his credit score, when you come to him, now that credit score becomes your credit score. Ah, his testimonial becomes your testimonial. So now when God is dealing with you as long as you are in Christ, he, you don't. When Christ was healing the sick, when you come into Christ, it, God sees that it was you who, <laughs> you were the one who was healing the sick. Do you understand? You were the one who was healing the sick. You were the one who was helping the, the feeding the hungry. Everything Christ did when he was physically on earth, when you come into Christ in heaven on the records of God, it looks like you were the one who was doing it. So we are saved by his life, the life he lived. That's why I said you are actually, uh oh, you are actually complete in Christ. Shall I'm complete in him? I think the Greek word complete is pleru, which means full. You are made full. You are made complete. You are, you are brought to a standard in God that you don't need any other thing to please God. Ah, hallelujah. You are ple pleasing to God. Not when you give offering. Not when you give tithe. 
Not when you are nice to people. Not when you sing praise and worship. As long as you are Christ, you are in Christ, you are complete in him. Shout hallelujah. So are we not supposed to do the other things? Just be in Christ. When you are in Christ, it begins to show in the things you do. I'm complete in Christ. Tell someone I'm complete in Christ. You can, you, can, you can use that as your status. Yeah. Completely. If, if, if your heart has been broken before, or maybe recently you are going through a broken heart, just put, I'm completing Christ. I'm completing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, let's be real. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm completing Christ. I'm complete. If you fail an exam, just put, I'm completing <laughs> If you lose your job, I'm completing Christ. Even when you are sick and you feel weak, you feel tired, I'm completely I'm, I'm about to say something even stronger. When you get up from the wrong bed, I know some of you can't say it. You can't say it. You can't say it. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? When you, sir, when you get up from the wrong side of the bed, Maybe you didn't know what happened. You found yourself you are in your ex's bed. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, sometimes you wake up, you're like, where am I? <laughs> Archbishop said something to me. Archbishop, his evidence. He said something to me where we have your God. He's a blessed father. I thank God for his life. He said, you can be sleeping with what you don't know. <laughs> yes. The man who impregnated Tama. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Jacob slept with his daughter-in-law without realizing he was sleeping with. A bishop said, you can be sleeping with somebody you don't know who you are sleeping with. Yeah. Don't you have an evidence? I mean, some of you know what I'm talking about now. You know, you don't, you've been sleeping with the person you never knew who you were sleeping with. Hey. <laughs> it's a very deep saying. Papa is deep. He said, you can be sleeping with a person you never know who you are sleeping with. Wake up, 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 open your eyes. You are lying by the wrong person. Wake up, wake up. He said, Jacob married Leah. And in the night, they were sleeping till light came. Hey, what is this? They had a wonderful time throughout the night. And then when he woke up, he woke up in the morning. You see, that's why when you came to church, now you realize that you are with the wrong person. Because yeah. when light dawns, you realize, yeah. who, who am I with? Yeah. Because you are sleeping with people in the night. <laughs> um, <laughs> even when you wake up from a ghetto like that, you, you, the light comes on. Mm-hmm. Just remember, this is a very strong Christian point I'm making. Yes. Religious yeah. people can't take it. Yes. But what is a Christian doing in that bed? Live long, you will understand what the flesh can do to you. If you don't stay in the spirit and you, don't, you are not prayerful, you don't read your Bible, and you're thinking that you live your Christian life based on your willpower. No, the will, your willpower is not strong enough. 
you live your Christian life based on your inner strength. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 is that he will strengthen you by his spirit in your inner. There is an inner man that needs to be strengthened. He will strengthen you by his spirit in your inner man. You got an inner man when you are born again. You are, you are, and you have to make sure your inner man is strengthened. It helps you to be able to say no to what you can you shouldn't say, you should say no to. Sometimes your no go on a holiday. You just can't say no. You just can't say no by the time you realize it. And you, it's, when you're a Christian, it can so much frustrate you. It can make you look, feel so bad. It makes you feel, and then when you, are, when you know other very pious Christians, whose job is to make people see how bad they are. Yeah, some Christians, some Christians, all there is to them is, is so, is, is just nice things they do. Yeah. But the other things we don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to sound like it's okay to be some way. But what I want you to know is when you find yourself in a compromised state, mm. just come to yourself mm. and you say, I'm completing. I'm not saying whilst you are staying there. Yes. Uh, you know that, that stuff I'm saying. <laughs> just, just, make, just make a U-turn because, because Satan will not leave you, but you two don't stop confessing you are completing Christ. Don't stop. Thank you. Thank you. Do not stop confessing you are complete. That, the way the scripture said, you are complete in Christ. He said, for in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and, and, and then you are complete, and you, ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. He is the head. Anything principal, he's above it. Principalities are talking about spiritual authorities. He's above it. So which authorities bring a charge against you which Christ cannot lift you above? Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? <laughs> who shall bring a charge? Who, who is he that condemning? Is it not Christ? Yea, rather, that is risen and uh, which, is, which is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. On the grounds of his righteous living, he can stand on that and make intercession for us. And Bible says that if you confess our sins, he is faithful. God is faithful and just. If he says, I can't forgive you, he's unjust because your sins have already been paid. Your sins have already been paid. Someone say, I'm completing him. We are complete. Let me just one more add, add one, one verse and then let me end. We are complete in him, verse 11. He are complete in him. He says that in whom, in whom also ye are circumcised with circumcision made with our hands. Huh? Wow. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. In whom ye are also, or in him also, ye are circumcised with the circumcision made with our hands. Now, let me just, it won't take long. Let me just cover this a little bit. You can't have a relationship with God without circumcision. It's just a covenant position. Why do you need circumcision? Okay, I know. I, I heard what you people are saying in the choir. The ladies were talking about circumcision, but the ladies are not circumcised. No, circumcision. <laughs> 
Circumcision. Watch this. When God came to Abraham, he said, you want to have a relation with me? Put away the foreskin of the flesh. So circumcision represents get rid of the flesh because God does not like the flesh. What's the flesh? The flesh doesn't necessarily mean bad. It means it's not based on the life of God. So I know you are a chief executive of Barclays. You have become born again. So you say we should make you a pastor. Why? Because of your experience in building business. Excuse me. <laughs> it's just like going to somebody's house and telling the, the family that, you know, I am a chief executive of a multinational company, so let me be the husband in the house. And the, ch- the children say, oh, yeah, we are happy. No, I knew that. <laughs> you are a new daddy. You know, it, it <laughs> Listen, it, it, it just cannot happen like that. So it doesn't matter your attainments and your achievements in the flesh. Your completeness is not in the flesh. Your completeness is in Christ. It is the attainments of Christ God works with. Anything outside of Christ is not usable by God. Don't forget that. Anything outside of Christ is not usable for God's purpose. God has an agenda. God has a plan. God has a purpose. For his purpose to be fulfilled, the only things he can use is in Christ. So put away the flesh. Now, when you come to, so told Abraham, Abraham, I don't want the flesh. You want to give, me, give birth to a promised child, you must be circumcised. Ishmael is a child through uncircumcision. Isaac must be circumcised. You must be circumcised. And I said, and when you, 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 the child is born, on the eighth day, every male in your, in your bloodline must be circumcised. That means that they have entered into the delays with me. And so that, that is why in Romans, sorry, Galatians chapter, no, Romans. Romans chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. He spoke about Abraham had to, he says that, and he received, Abraham received the son of circumcision as a seal of the, of the righteousness of faith, which he had while he, he, uh, he was still uncircumcised. He had some righteousness of faith while he was not circumcised. But God said that just for the, for the sake of the community, anyone who is coming to come into covenant with me must be circumcised. So Abraham, you start it as a sign. But now we are in Christ, and when we come into Christ, the Jews in those days were demanding that people who come into Christ, what if you are not a Jew, you must be circumcised. And Paul said, you don't get it. We are not talking about circumcision of the hands. Then in Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and verse 29, said, we, look at it, that's a very strong text. Romans said, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that, that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. So he's not talking about the people God is dealing with. It's not based on this outward thing you have done. It's based on the in Christ thing that has happened to you. So then, he says that, look at verse 29. Verse 29 says that, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. So this circumcision, now that we are dealing with, we still get circumcised. But it's not a fleshly circumcision. So in, in Colossians, he said, you are circumcised. Let's go back. Verse 11. In whom you are also circumcised. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 says that, 
For we are the circum oh oh we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence where in the flesh. Hallelujah. Our confidence is not in the flesh. Not because of who I am, not because of my parents, not because of my background, not because of my tradition, not because of my education. When I come into Christ, when I come into Christ, all those things don't matter. What matters is Christ. I am in Christ, and that's what matters. We are not boasting in the flesh. We only boast in Christ. And we are circumcised. Circumcision in the flesh is put aside in Christ. So he says that for we are the circumcision. We worship God in the spirit, rejoicing and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So he said in him, Colossians 2:11, in him for in whom also you are circumcised with circumcision made without hands. That's what it means. Normal circumcision. If you have a boy, most of the time when the boy is circumcised, they, you, you need hands. Mm-hmm. But I said, we, our own, no hands was involved. Oh. No hands. No blade. Mm-hmm. The, the blade is actually the word of God. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Circumcised with our hands. In putting off the body of, of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision that is in Christ. When you come into Christ, what happens is that the body of the sins of the flesh, you don't now live based on that. So you don't tell people, do you know who I really am? No. You are, if you are in Christ, you are nobody. You are just someone who is found in Christ. Paul said all the things, Philippians chapter 3, whatsoever were gained to me, I count them lost. The verse 9 is so beautiful. It says that, verse 9, it says that, and I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Be found in Christ. Be found in Christ. When they are looking for you, where can they find you? In Christ. What's What's your real address? In Christ. Your real address, your spiritual address is in Christ. That's why we are completing him. I don't know what you might be going through in life. Life always comes with challenges. To be alive, when I was growing up, my, uh, my mom and the community I grew up in, they used to say an, a, a truism. It's a truism that life is war. Life is war. The older you grow, the more you realize life can be. That's why when you are a child and your parents are telling you, go to school. Because they are telling you from the point of life is war. <laughs> Good job is war. Good living is war. Some people didn't take it serious and they went and followed friends and they didn't do school. Now look, you are old and you are, you are fighting battles that you could have fought when you were younger. It's true. Life is war. What am I trying to say? Listen, as long as you are alive, fighting will never end. Wow. Because you, know, you never know what's just around the corner. In spite of all that, remember, you are complete. <laughs> Did you receive something? <laughs> Give the Lord a shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm complete in Him. Shout, I'm complete in Christ. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. The best thing that can happen to you is being exposed to the Word of God. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. You can also find more information about Caris Church 
and our upcoming services by visiting charis.org. Be blessed.